It is time again for that weekly dose of common sense. It is April 21, 2023. Spring has sprung. I mean, it's like 85 degrees here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and we are looking for common sense. We're trying to make common sense out of whatever we can, which is, uh, you would think that would be very difficult for the lack of common sense you hear all over the other networks, all over the other, quote, news organizations, but not right here at Common Sense Ohio, where we take uh, Ohio stories, use them as a platform to explore what is going on around the country around the world because as goes ohio so does everybody else and uh i was gone last week steve palmer yours truly uh but norm and brett held down the fort at the round table uh we are all back here today and you can check us out at commonsenseohioshow.com commonsenseohioshow.com you can uh check out the blogs i saw brett he had another one up last week or earlier this week uh norm the ever prolific blogger uh, check us out. So anyway, without further ado, let's, uh, where are we here? What's, I mean, it just seems like there's so much to talk about yet. So little time. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, let me start off if I may, guys, if you don't mind. Um, we talked, uh, I think it was two weeks ago about Jackie Miller, the Amherst, Ohio bus driver. Yeah. So I bought her t-shirt. I thought that's what you were wearing today. My foot, my foot's going to be so far up your ass, <laughs> it's going to dangle from your nose. Which, uh, and then she resigned and left the school bus driving uh, force. Which for- I'm sure will not be a, 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 a red mark on her resume. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be combat. Oh, you were in combat, I see. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go Granny, go. Uh, she gets $5 for every T-shirt sold. And uh, I went ahead and bought one. And I, I love this T-shirt. A friend of mine is a school bus driver. I don't know. He's like in his 40s. And it, it, he loved the thing. So anyway. <laughs> but I mean, he can't wear this on the job, right? So, uh, oh, why not? Right, exactly. <laughs> why not? Yeah, there it might it might change. Uh, <laughs> it might actually have a little bit of uh, impact uh-huh. in a good way, but you know. Yeah, I mean, we're you know we did talk seriously about how what what a crisis there is in hiring school bus drivers right now because you know a the employers like the school districts or private contractors they they hire a person who doesn't have a CDL. They train them up. They get them a CDL, which costs some money, right? Mm-hmm. About seven, eight grand to, do, to go do the CDL class. is expensive now. Yeah. Yes, I know and somebody recently who just did. Wow. It. So they get their CDL OTJ. You know, well before they or actually drive kids, but that, they, that's norm speak for on the job. On the job, mm-hmm. and then they um, then they leave, right? Because they can drive an airport shuttle or a tour bus or something else without. You know, forty screaming. Well, but that's demons. You know what? But that's on the school district because many jobs that when you train to get a, a high price license, you leave within a certain amount of time, you pay back. Yeah, yeah. That's on the back. school district. If they don't have that written in that contract that if you leave within two years, you're paying us back. That's on them. Yeah, no, that's I, a stupid. Yeah, I, I, if it's worth it's, that much money, they're giving them. It should I, I'm be. I'm trying to think of some reason why the federal government can't do that, but I can't think of any government, or I can't think of any reason why not. It's certainly the private, the private schools do. who supply busing. And, unless maybe, that. maybe it is legally it can't be done by a state I, entity. Or I'm sure it has something to do with the union negotiations. Uh, probably. God. Thank you. Yeah. Ask me. Jeez. Is, is hugely involved in yes. this. Yeah. Yes. Probably. So, so. I'm, I'm always missing <laughs> are those, are, one point. Are, yeah. are bus drivers teamsters? 
Uh, they can be. So, mm. you know, each uh, district's um, workforce it can be individually unionized, you know, to whatever union. So most of them are um, OPSI, which is the Ohio version of ASME, right? So most of them are OPSI, Ohio Association of Public School Employees, or whatever it is. So most of them are in that union, but there are some school districts and some private contractors, school bus drivers that are in the Teamsters. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you, you know, you, you kind of have, you know, in front of the NLRB, when you unionize, you can kind of pick which union you want to associate with. Well, it's even layered too. I just looking at, you know, I just Googled our school bus drivers unionized. Well, Ohio school bus workers you're, they're actually outsourcing the school bus drivers because it's by a company called First Students. Well, That's those, right. That's those, a private contract. Right. right. So, but those drivers are part of the Teamsters Union. They can so be. Talk they, about they, they, talk of layers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. outsourcing, and those outsourcing are union. Well, sure. Oh my God! Five people at the table just to talk about yeah, <laughs> what getting to kids do. to school. Sure. Wow. I know Upper wow. Arlington. When my kids started to go there, they they drop busing just generally across the board, <sighs> and we had to start dry, taking your kids to school. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they not not across the board, but if you lived within a certain uh, right radius, you had you didn't get busing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Very I, common. I can't blame them. It just costs too much. It's just too much. But and, when they're having to pay these people, yeah. uh, like Jackie, keep up keep so up the buses. This, this and everything. is yeah. this is where I have to start thinking. And these are I would want to know questions that I'm sort of asking and throwing out there. It's like I would want to know: Is it what has driven the price up for getting a commercial driver's license? In other words, what kind of regulatory nonsense has been heaped upon the process that now it costs so much just right. to get a CDL? So it, it basically prices out people who would otherwise be qualified drivers. I mean, I can just think across the country. Hmm. You've got all these guys maybe raised on farms or even in the cities driving their dad's uh, delivery trucks or doing whatever. Like, they, they'd be great commercial drivers. Sure. But the cost, even, and it's not even that they couldn't afford it, but why would they do it? Like, the cost of, of going and spending seven, eight grand to get certified uh, isn't worth it. And, uh, you know, so they, they don't. And now you've precluded... It's sort of like a minimum wage uh, false bottom. You've just you've just priced out of the market otherwise good qualified candidates who then could take that, get on the job experience, and then rise up into the economic structure, the capitalistic economic structure yeah. of our society. And because of the and I would I, like I don't know, but I would want to know what the government regulation is on CDLs. And I know for uh, using a parallel example of things like uh, healthcare here. She's Ohio as an example to be a home health aide or uh, a qualified home health. Like there's all sorts of red tape nonsense you have to deal with as far as billing goes, as far as getting qualified, as far as training, like 24 hours of training. I mean, it just is insanely difficult. And you you get people who become immediate criminals because they don't do it or can't do it or don't even know they should do it. And then you get people who uh, bill incorrectly and they make mistakes, so they get prosecuted. And uh, even if it's like People get behind on their billing, so they, they they bill for service on Tuesday that they really supplied on Wednesday uh, because they didn't bill it in time, and then they get prosecuted. Now they can never be home health aides again, and then they end up in this scenario where you you have basically shut out qualified candidates. And this is what happens, and everybody thinks I'm seeing it now across the country. It's like uh, the most recent shooting, uh, the 85-year-old guy who shot through his door and killed a young black guy or a black cut could or not killed, forgive me, I yeah. misspoke, injured. injured the 13-year-old, mm -hmm. terrible, a terrible right. situation. Right. But 
Here, here's what bugs it, me about it. Is yeah. Like you hear people demanding legislation to stop this, and I'm like, <laughs> what the God. hell? What like what do you propose? Come on, why don't we just lock everybody up into their house? Or euthanize yeah. all 80 year old men? I mean, come on. Like it, the guy's going to prison. He's going to prison. He'll probably die in prison now. So he's probably not going to go to prison. No, he will. Mm. At at 85, he, he's going to prison. Normally. Really? Okay. Look, wow. if that happened in Ohio. Like, wow. and look, we need to know more. I mean, if I I, I, yeah. thought, I always think about this. Like, so I saw his lawyer. Actually, we're getting distracted. I I do want to come back to the school thing. But okay. but but let let let's go let's down. Meander a little bit. Yeah, let's meander a little bit. <laughs> so I I read his defense attorney's statement. He. Well, he came out of some kind of health facility recently, and he was on some kind of uh, he's on some kind of prescription. So, so I don't know if he was in his right mind. That'll be part of his defense. <laughs> sure. My guess is he's going to get spanked, and he isn't going to get not going to He's going to get skewered because now this is race related. Well, isn't it funny that the same week a white guy shot a white girl and he killed her in New York for exactly the same thing? So in upstate New York, the same week this, you know, the, 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 the homeowner happened to be white and this kid at the front door happened to be black, the same exact fact scenario happened in upstate New York with an old white guy in the, out in the country and a young girl and her companions drove up his driveway thinking it was the house they were going to and he took a couple pot shots at the car and killed the girl. I don't hear any media talk about yeah. that case. Right. Yeah. Because they're both white. OK, well, but 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 you impute animus. R- racism is imputed whenever people are of different it's races. It's de facto now. racism if there's different races. It's well, ridiculous. Let me ask you this. Did oh, the that's, man know? that's ageism then. Yeah, it's ageism. Yeah. Called ageism. Because yeah. <laughs> Re- we're, we're reverse ageism. Well, you were going the after same, young women. Yeah. The same damn thing happened in the George Floyd case. Yeah. There was never any animus prove racial animus proven that Chauvin the terrible cop who did the terrible, you know, knee hold on 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 George Floyd. There was never any proof that of any racial animus, but it was in the it's public. Implied. That's right. And, and if you can't outrageous. if you can't prove it, it's because it's systemic. And if you ask what systemic means, it, then you're racist for even asking the question. And I remember asking, like in this case, in, in this old man case, I won't go to 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 uh, Floyd. Yeah. But in this old man case. In my head, I was in D.C. working on a case over this earlier this week, and when I heard this news, or or maybe it was right before that, I uh, I remember I asked myself, I wonder if the guy knew that the kid at the door happened to be black. I wonder if he knew that. And I'm not, you know, it might be it might be understood that he did because it was a glass window, or but I, I don't know. I mean, just somebody knocking on your door and firing through the door is. Uh, you know, he may have known, he may not have known, but everybody just sort of assumes that he knew. And it might be true that he knew, and it also might be true that if it were a white kid, he wouldn't have pulled the trigger. But you certainly have to prove that. I mean, you can't just well, you can't just jump to that conclusion. We can only paint the picture by the details that are given to us That's by right. them by the media. Well, and the media loves uh, that story. And they do again. Blame the media, or the media is trying to do the best they can, one way or the other. But we can only can only paint the picture from a third party. It's Walt. It's uh, Clint. It's Clint, it. it's Clint Eastwood. It. Walt as Walt Kowalski. Get get off my lawn, shit. Yeah. Okay. In the media, like you say, the media loves that. They love the old cranky guy, right? racist, cranky, mm-hmm. exactly. Codger. What they don't know is, was he trembling and the and the gun went off by accident? I mean, we don't know any of the facts yet. But the guy has been condemned, tried, sentenced, 
and hung already in the and media. He is going to prison, Norm. He is going to prison because of this narrative. Look, the 13-year-old and his family, I mean, it's a horrible scenario. It's awful that it happened. They've already been to see Biden in the White House. You know, it's like, but right. your, your victim's family up in New York, well, they don't get the invite. No. And the, I, Na- the Nashville Christians who, who you know, the six people who were killed, their families didn't get calls from Joe no, Biden. No. He didn't go to Nashville because it doesn't fit the narrative because a politically coddled class, the transgender uh, the, the protesters, right, those people are in favor at the White House and not Christians. Yeah. So, so God forbid Joe Biden, you know, hug the Christian victims of that shooting down there. No, that's not going to happen. It's picky choosy. And, Look, and, and that's not leadership. That is a failure of leadership. I, I it always, it, it, I find it somewhat troubling. Not troubling is not the right word. Surprising. I don't even know what the, I, I find it whatever that the president gets involved in local affairs. Like I this. do too. You know, it, it's like, I do yeah, too. I agree with job. you. That's right. It's no. not his job to go pick and choose Get, victims of crime. I totally the country. agree. Way with too many more purposes. things to worry about. Honestly, on a higher, honestly, on a higher level, that's, that's, that's right. below his pay grade. That's I have right. worked on plenty of crimes, defending <clears throat> the people that committed them, frankly, that were horrendous, horrendous, that the victims deserved all sorts of empathy, sympathy, and even compensation, not a president to be found. You know, no. so like, how do you get picked? Well, the media makes a narrative out of it. Uh, it becomes this uh, racially charged event, so you can use it for your own political gain. I find that gross and, and abhorrent. Right, I agree with you, hundred yeah. percent. And you know, there's been cases here in Columbus, for example, and I'm sure in other cities in Ohio, of uh, that very thing. And even local officials that'll run out to the scene of a shooting for somebody who looks a certain way, externalities that are just the accident of birth, right? They'll run out there and they'll preen in front of the cameras and they'll pose and they'll say all these uh, syrupy things. And yet for somebody in an identical situation that is not politically aligned with them, they're nowhere to be found. And the inconsistency is cruel and it's, unfair it it is transparently and and steve biased it's dividing our society yes it Mm -hmm. is ruining the trust that people you know people want to look up to their leaders and they want to feel like you know and i'll tell you who was like a great mayor of new york city who was always like this was ed koch democrat mayor of new york city and it didn't matter if you were a conservative or a liberal or what the hell you were right? If there was an injustice in New York City, Ed Koch was there regardless. Yeah. And that's that's a great leader. And I'm saying that as a conservative about a liberal mayor of New York. He was a great mayor, Yeah, you know, in, in that respect as a leader. And I think Rudy Giuliani was similar. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't go out and visit the 9-11 victims on the basis of what party they're affiliated with. He was the mayor for all of New York City, you know. So, well, you know, Mayor Ginther, Mayor Ginther, you know, you, you might want to take some notes from both Ed Koch and Rudy Giuliani, two people with completely different viewpoints, but yet treating people the same way, humanitarian well, I think, I think you've hit on the word. The word I'm thinking is it's disingenuous it, for right. Biden to right. pick this young boy out who got shot tragically and use him right. for political gain right. and act like 
you really, really care. Because if he really, really cared, he would really, really care when the white girls you're talking about got shot or when somebody else on the street got That's shot. Right. Where if, whether it was a white guy shooting a black guy or a black guy shooting a white guy or a guy shooting a girl or a girl shooting a guy, you, the, the problem with the, with the president getting involved in this it, there's too much. You can't. You can't well, I was just going in my mind. Right. I was going the same way. You can't. You can't, you've right. inserted yourself into one. Now all of a sudden the next one comes up. Why not me? Why not me? Why didn't you go there? Yeah. Why didn't you talk about that? Why didn't you invite them in? So it becomes disingenuous. And ab initio. And, and take it away. Outset. And take it away from shootings. Do any other event. I got beat up. Right. Right. I got beat up because. Yeah. Somebody just got drunk and punched me in the nose. Right. Like, you know, where do you stop right. it? It's like, oh, you're just the run of a mill victim of a crime. We don't care about you. We still don't have the manifesto from Nashville. No. Isn't no. that interesting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, I want to right, get back, back to buses the, and schools. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just want to mention one thing that happened. So, school violence, right? We were kind of talking about the Nashville thing. We had an incident in Elyria uh, on Tuesday here in Ohio. Elyria is a, a little city in, in Ohio. Uh, up in the uh, Cleveland area, uh, northeast Ohio, a mother at an elementary school went in. She had some kind of beef, some kind of you know complaint with the uh, the pr- the principal, the assistant principal at this uh, school, Hamilton Elementary in Elyria, and she maced the principal. <laughs> so this is just like the school bus driver. They it's a school bus driver, I believe had some kind of lung condition, asthma, COPD, something. Mm-hmm. And the kids sprayed her in the face. That's why she said, my foot's going to be so far. <laughs> okay. So that's why she exploded because she was chemically attacked by the students on her bus after you know, like months of abuse. Then they finally sprayed her in the face and she could not breathe for a while. So it was kind of a serious situation. Now you've got a mother at an elementary school just this week in Ohio, same, same general area as the school bus incident, but now it's a parent actually macing uh, the principal of, of an elementary school. And you just got to say to yourself, you know, um, we're, we're out of control. Women are out of control. Parents are out of control. Uh, the 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 decision to employ violence seems to be more and more prevalent in our society now. Either that, or I'm just seeing it, and I'm making that conclusion because you know the world has shrunk, you know, and 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 now you know I can see what's happening, you know, on the internet you know, almost in real time. And so maybe I'm seeing more of these incidents and they're not really more frequent, but it seems like they're more frequent. And oh, I think we're losing the ability to come to a conversation to discuss a problem. It's mm-hmm. it's I come in with my idea of what is going on and you cannot say one thing to change my mind. Yes. And the other person's trying to engage engage yes there's just no engagement so we're, we're not allowing you. it I'm so gonna, i'll spray you I'm, yeah yeah right we've we're losing i'm not going to say we've lost because we've never lost but we're losing that ability to talk to each other well, it's that incremental god it's a manifestation of the incremental deprivation of opportunities to solve problems on your own and communicate on your own or do whatever instead people are just defaulting to some position without ever having to defend it, without ever having to think about it, and anything contrary is an assault on their very being, and it's treated that way. Right. And, and, you know. and, 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 we, and I think we can all think about, well, that's never going to happen to me. 
it can happen today at a grocery store. Somebody yeah. bangs a grocery cart against your car, and you don't know who. What's I, I mean? It can explode at any well, point in time. Bangs, if I bang a grocery cart against a car, and the person turns out to be of a certain race or a certain gender, it's going to be defaulted to that to a narrative like that. Right. And it's like, look, dude, uh, you know, mm. you, you. That's crazy. And it, here's what's sad: is that it might be true that it's got things have these kind of uh, more evil animus behind it. Sure. But you you deprive any discussion about that because you default to it for everybody. So it's like you, you've right. watered down the, the pro, uh, you've watered it down to such an extent that the people who really are victims of those kind of things don't get any say so. And and you or Norm and myself are labeled a racist immediately. Right away. Right. And we, oh, I'm sure anybody who's we, listening to the show thinks we're all racist. Probably so. But but we never have. Right. I, I've known you long enough. I've known Norm right. long enough. No. Yeah. Well, especially you two guys. I mean, I, I, it's like, <laughs> I, mean, I will I think, champion the cause to the end we, when we I, probably, see it, we, yeah. I see the wrong. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. look at people differently. Yeah. Yeah. We probably react to people differently. So let's we talk. We probably do, but that doesn't necessarily mean, I think it's taking the action that makes you a racist. Yes. yes. It's the action of doing something badly to someone of a different race that yes. makes you a racist. Or, you know, if you're looking around, like if you happen to be a person that looks at somebody of a different race and thinks, you're a rotten bastard just because you're of that race. It's like, you might want to rethink how you're looking at the world, right? You know, right. probably so. Um, right. But I, you know, I, it, it, I, at the same time, it's not <clears throat> racist to explore different cultures and ha and understand how different cultures influence behavior and good and bad, you know, you can say it about the white culture, you can say it about the black culture, you can say it about the so the Asian culture, yeah. you can say it about every culture. So let's, and it's fascinating to me. Yeah, yeah I agree with you guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to, to underscore the point mm. you two just made, to jump back in this story about the Illyria mm. mother that makes the principle, you will note when I rolled out this story, I didn't say anything about race, did I? Right. No, 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 no. About I noted that you didn't. No, yeah, exactly right. right no. Because mentally noted. to me, it's irrelevant. Right. right. But, and I still don't even know. On the internet, the school had a security system. There, There is footage of this attack with the mace and the principal. So people can go look at that. The mother happens to be black. The principal happens to be a white guy. Okay. Now, I didn't say she did this because she hates white people. I didn't say that, right? And it's probably not true. It's probably not true. I don't know that to be the case, and I make no judgment about it. But we all know, I mean, we know, if it had been a white parent and the principal had been black, this would be a national story. Yeah, oh, for right? sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. Because the presumption would be it was because of race. But if it's flipped, there is no such presumption. It's such an it's such an interesting. It's something just hit me when you were you were explaining that. You know, I, I've done criminal defense work my whole career, and you know, we have this this thing in our country, this notion in our country that is somewhat unique to the world, and it's called a presumption of innocence. And we start presumed innocent. You know, and and you could say, uh, it, you know, to some extent that's farcical because if there's a murder on TV and 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 uh, the guy is getting prosecuted, everybody knows or assumes he's guilty. So when we go in and say to a jury, you have to presume, you have to presume that this individual is not guilty. You have to start with that presumption unless and until the state can overcome that presumption with proof beyond a reasonable doubt. When race is involved, and, and, and by the way, I'm not 
naive enough to think that that occurs in every single case. It's almost impossible. But you have to pitch. It's a it's a it's a standard that often flies against the grain of human uh, of our normal human behavioral thought patterns, uh, because you think, no, this guy's sitting here. He must be guilty. But when race comes, especially when it uh, when there's a possible narrative of white on black racism, then the presumption is the opposite. And, and nobody ever said, nobody ever thinks like you, like when you were telling your story, Norm, I think it would be right to presume that racism had nothing or race had nothing to do with it. And then prove me wrong. That's right. <laughs> you know, prove, right. Pr- prove the opposite. Right. Instead, the narrative is always shifted. It must be race because of this, because there are two different races. It must be racism. And we're going to start with that presumption instead of start with the opposite presumption. It might do us all well when you see a story like the old man and the 13 year old to say, let's presume that it has nothing to do with race and then investigate. And, right. and, and it could be that the mom has had enough of the school system not giving her kid a break. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, who knows? Maybe how, how do we know it's not? Maybe right. the principal, who knows? Uh, maybe they've got an ongoing feud. Maybe the principal said something to her. Maybe there's some, uh, you know, who knows what the deal That's is. That's right. right. Who, who knows what, she might be the, on some meds. Or she, the principal could be racist. The principal could be racist. There could be a hundred, uh, tons of different there's, ton, there's, scenarios on this. So when I, so you guys know, I have a, I have a degree in journalism and I, I got that degree back in the battle old 80s right so our professors in uh, journalism school were adamant and it, the standard was at at places like the ap and the and, and upi that when you reported a local story say a robbery right or or a hijacking you know a carjacking we were told never in the lead or in the headline never inject race so you could now if the police were looking for a perp you could obviously describe the perp you know a a a a, a spanish uh american a latino a black a white whatever it is right you could describe that in the story that this person is wanted for the shooting of four people or whatever it is at a bank or whatever but if there had been an arrest you would not lead the story with a black robber or a white robber shot two people at a savings and loan and made off with a hundred thousand and the police gave chase and they arrested him and and you, you just didn't do that. What you did is you told the story, gave the person's name. If there's a photograph, fine, put a photograph in there. But you didn't you didn't go you didn't play the race card as a reporter. Now, I'm listening to the story about this old white codger, right, that shot the black teenager, which is horrible. It's a horrible thing that, he, that happened. It's a, it's a tragedy. I hope the young man recovers, and uh, I hope the, the codger apologizes and makes good and restitution and all that, you know, healing needs to happen. But yet, the first thing I heard when it was reported on the radio, this is local radio, iHeart station, the first damn thing they said was a, a, a white guy shot a black kid, okay? And immediately racialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm saying is journalism has, there is no... Yeah, who, what, when, why, where, how? When did, when, when did we lose yeah, those questions? When did we lose that? And when did we lose the idea that... You just don't go there unless, like you said, Steve, the presumption is over, you know, like 
it's just two human beings that interacted and a tragedy happened. How do we know that the color of their skin has anything to do with this story? And and for iHeartRadio to immediately announce that, right, goes against everything that I was taught, you know, all those years ago in journalism well, school. Well, I mean, it's it's what sells papers. Yeah, that's just, right. It's what keeps listeners. It's that's what, what keeps fly, listeners, sells it, the media. It, it will, and it, it leads right into the talk show that happens right after the news. Right. So they can go right into it, right into and it, play the race card, and on that. play the race card, right, and more, and divide more people, right, exactly. Yeah, it's 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 sort of gross, really. I mean, it it, it it's, really it's, is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of dividing more people, so uh, you know, our congressman, one of our uh, more famous congressmen here in Ohio, ha- held hearings this week. They might, no, they're probably not going on on Friday, but might be. Uh, but he held hearings this week in New York City about the violence there and the lack of prosecution. As you know, Steve and I had a pretty spirited debate, and I think basically Steve and I agree on 90%, and he's a defense attorney, but he took a little, you know, I think he felt I went a little too far, but basically I have been very critical of prosecutors not following up on violent crime. And I mentioned a case that happened in Columbus, Ohio, with a, a, a guy living with his parents, and basically they hadn't done anything for a year. And then, you know, he ends up killing somebody at a gas station because the prosecutors, either they're not, they don't have a big enough staff or they don't care. I don't know what their excuse is. But basically, Jim Jordan was going after Alvin Bragg. And, you know, situations like that bodega guy, Jose Alba, you know, who stabbed his assailant because he was in, he's, he's defending himself. The, the, the assailant's girlfriend stabbed him. The assailant then is trying to kill Jose Alba, and Jose Alba stabbed this guy and killed him. And the police arrested him. Uh, Bragg put him in Rikers Island uh, for several days or a week or two until he eventually dismissed the charges because the public rose up and said, what the hell are you doing? This guy, it's self-defense. What do you, you know, anyway, um, there were several witnesses like Jose Alba, several people there who basically said, you know, they, the police or the police are essentially the, the Ferguson effect is the police in New York city are now deciding to just do the paperwork after all the killings done that because, because if they get involved in these violent situations, they're the bad guys. Well, hmm. you know, you have to wonder, and I'm no expert on this, but you have to wonder, or you have to you have to contemplate the answer to the question, what can we do to quell the violence on our streets and our cities? Like, what can we do? And, you know, it, there, there, it, it's like so many other things. There's not just one cause to this problem. There's going to be multiple causes, and there's probably not going to be just one solution. But I would think it, it's not just prosecutors. It's it's city policy. So if you've got a policy where police are going to be gun shy to even go into a neighborhood mm-hmm. and quell the crime, and I don't care if it what color the neighborhood happens to be. It doesn't yeah. make any difference to me. Yeah. Um, if you have uh, if you have police on the streets in on the corners, um, acting. I don't want to say acting as police officers, but maybe as as friendly too. You know, like there was a time when that happened, where you know the guy in the corner would know that there's certain stuff going on, but wouldn't harass kids for this or that. But they would they would have a presence, and I think that does uh, that does have an impact. It stops community policing. I community think that, policing yeah. is what yeah. they call that. Yeah. yeah, 
And, you know, you sort of wonder, like, what has happened to that? Like now that's 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 racially charged uh, or it or the police, even if it's not racially charged, the police are worried about getting sued. They're worried about losing their jobs uh, or maybe the cops who are good at that have all been run out. Uh, so they're not even going to apply for that job anymore, yeah. and they're not training. And if they're not around, then the new recruits aren't going to get trained on how to do that. And you know, it becomes a generational problem here. And I think that's what we're on the verge of. And I think that's what we were on the verge of to some extent back in the '70s. You know, it's like I, I, I didn't looking back. I haven't studied this, but I would guess that some of the stuff had sort of we're repeating what what happened. You know, where the streets of New York were just total chaos. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Giuliani came in with a law and order profile, and everybody hated him for it. But it cleaned up the streets to some extent. Yeah. And you know, and the, brought the "I Love New York" campaign. You know, and it worked. I, and <laughs> you, could, you could go to New York and feel safe. And yeah. now I don't think people do again. And yeah. I, you know, there's uh, I I don't know that for sure, but it just seems like. Things are quickly getting out of hand because there's not a coordinated effort um, to to solve it, and the only way people are solving it is their way. And uh, the police are like, oh, "I'm not going to play that game. That's dangerous for me, so I'm not going to play." Yes. Yeah, well, Steve, you, you, well if you think ahead. about it, you, ahead, so you're in your neighborhood, you're walking the dog, and you see the local police driving by with their with the car. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Me too. Actually. So or like, if they're on bicycles, whatever or walking, it might be, whatever I, I'm, I'm like waving. It. I'm, you know, right. I th- there is a a presence that makes sense. But always oh, been told. I loved. I loved them walking, driving by. That's yes. right. You've been told since your childhood that they're bad, and that's, those guys yes. are bad. They're evil. They're corrupt. They're out to get you. Then mm-hmm. you have a whole different viewpoint. You on do. It. You're that's exactly right. right. You have a whole different viewpoint. The, the on hoodie it. comes up tighter on the face right and you hide a little you bit hide a little bit away, or you, and now uh, the police or, are suspicious because you're running exactly. away exactly endemic problem so you're right i mean that that may be the base of the whole thing right there yeah. is that it's a big part it, of it it's a big part of it and then you add like nationwide shutdowns yeah <laughs> so well and then you the and, well then you also add bad cops and bad cops to it and so, and it's so many know. variables that there's there's no one solution we well, had you, a we you, had a little uh a friendly thing now now this is you know a farm community, but we mm-hmm. had uh, some kids staying out late. There's nothing to do out in Johnstown where I live, right? Okay, <laughs> the there's, Johnnies have nothing to do. Well, there's no movie. There's no movie theater. There's oh, okay. no arcade. There's no really. There's no outlet for young people, so they all run to Gahanna, you know, or, or or some mall. But anyway, this police officer came across some kids playing you know, basketball late at night in a in a church parking lot. Somebody called the police, right? And it's some boys shooting hoops, right? Mm-hmm. He gets out of the car and starts playing basketball with them. Isn't that, that awesome? Yeah. Is yes. that not is that not perfect? Perfect. That's perfect. That's and how many movies? Thing. Like I can't think of one, yeah. but you see that in perfect. movies. Like that's like a feel good movie scene. Yeah. Just, yes. And, and just, everybody feels good when they see that. But why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing that? Because right? cops are trained to see what's really going on, and if they're seeing that just playing ball, right. why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's awesome. If that's all. So that's now going he's on, he's got little buddies in the community. If something goes down at school, they know a cop they can call. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's true too. I mean, there it's all lots video. of lots of good yeah. stuff comes out you of that. Yeah, there's a YouTube video where some garage band was playing heavy metal music or something, and uh, the cops got called, I think, on a noise complaint. And then the cop showed up and says, "What kind of guitar you got there?" And he straps <laughs> it on, and starts jamming with him. You know, it's like, like that kind of thing. <laughs> right, yeah, that makes a huge impact. Huge impact. There are just yeah. more major crimes to go after than that. Right. 
Well, that uh, yeah, and you, you know, know the, the noise that the, okay, the kids are playing basketball. Okay, maybe it's late in there, making some noise, and it's going to affect your sleep. You know what though? But they're not shooting it up. They're not right. doing stupid stuff right. that's really affecting their lives down the road. They're, right. Uh, Community <laughs> policing is such an interesting. Con- you know, it, it, I've always said that having defended people for speeding tickets forever. Yeah, I've always said it's far more effective just to park your state tr- state patrol car on the side of the road and sit there. If you're gonna if you're gonna slow down cars, oh, yeah. you're gonna slow down a lot more cars than hiding behind the the embankment and right. pulling people oh, over with your laser. Yeah, because yeah. that's prevention. Yeah, because yeah. you're slowing everybody down at least yeah. for that mile and a half. And then yep. people there's the you know the bear in the woods on the CBs, and then you've got now on what is the the Google will say there's a speed trap or ways will say ways will have yeah. a, yeah. just a heads up. Right. So I think up, I yeah. think I'm, I think how many cars you're slowing down doing that versus pulling one over. Yeah. You if know. if you believe policy wise that that is the solution to, that people need to slow down in order to be safer, you know, and, I, and we can argue about that. But if that is truly what you believe, then you would do more of what you're saying. And you've made exactly. your quote, and you made your quota for the month. Go for it. Just sit. There. <laughs> right. yeah. after, after you get your after you get your ten tickets, right? You know. Yeah. But you know, speaking joking, of uh, police, uh, I, I I saw this stat where. I mean, it's funny uh, that the defund the police cities are now asking for federal help to restaff because they realize, oops, yeah. that was a bad idea. We use that money for stuff that didn't matter. Mm-hmm. So now, out, we, now we can't get our cops. So out in San Francisco, uh, I believe if they're fully staffed, the stat, I, I think I have it, this correct, is uh, 1,600 police in the actual city of San Francisco. No, obviously, I'm not talking about the Bay Area, but the, 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 the downtown, the city of San Francisco. 1,600 police uh, f- uh, police force, and they are one-third uh, down. Wow. They only have like 1,000 cops. What's going on? New York is like mm-hmm. that, too. I've heard so New who, York you know, is in who, trouble. They, nobody wants to be a cop. Why would you? Right. right. I mean, uh, you know, because you're, you're, you're not like you're scum. That it, that's how you're viewed. So there's there's two, to change gears here, I saw a story. There, there's really two green holidays in the spring. The first is St. Patrick's Day, and the second is 420 for those pot smokers out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and 420 was, ye- April 20 was yesterday, 420. And I never really understood why that meant anything. And I remember asking my buddies, like, hey, it's 420. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What does that mean? He goes, look it up. And I looked it up. I was like, huh, I never knew that. Uh, but anyway, on 420, it's uh, some association with marijuana. And uh, I'm only bringing this up because I saw a news story that there's a push now for recreational weed in Ohio. Um, and it's uh, actually, there's people starting to propose bills and such. I don't think it's going to pass this time. I'll, I'll leave it to Norm, the legislative expert here. At oh, you don't Common think so? Uh, not this time not around. Not enough energy? Not this time around. But it, once okay. you start to see that emerge, like, you, you know, it's like this incremental, uh, direct, this incremental, uh, uh, approach towards legalized recreational mm-hmm. weed that started with the medical and you know it's going there it's absolutely going there. Um, sure it is sure now it is. you're starting to see the first grumblings of like real grumblings mm-hmm. like they're proposing bills yeah etc what do you know about it Norman? is it well and we we were talking about this i think last week where kentucky has a legislation i think that's going to get to governor uh what is it matt brashear i think as a governor of kentucky is going to sign that so uh if he hasn't signed it already, I haven't updated myself on that. So Kentucky's gone there and, you know, Kentucky, the bourbon capital of uh, the United States. Why not green it up a little bit too? <laughs> yeah. So I think Michigan is, is there. Yeah. So I think it's inevitable. I think so too. I, th- I, think I really it's, do. It's time. 
Yeah. I, I think it's time. Let's just get this you think to, it'll to be, a level that, it, that it, it's respected and versus it's, it's just not a bad. It was portrayed bad. I always thought it would end up being like back when we had. Um, and I, I'm not a user. I, I, no, I'm no. just saying okay. I think there are some good aspects of marijuana. Well, I, I oh, have, for sure. Yeah. I, 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 medically, I, I, it's been proven. I'm going to be really a, good stuff about this. And it's just OK. If the state can make some money, if they can make money on gambling. Then we can make money on well, marijuana liquor and gambling. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right. Let's just do it. Right. I mean, so, come on. I, you know, I don't know if marijuana is good, bad or indifferent. I, I don't know anything about it, but I, I will say this, like alcohol is tremendously bad for you. And uh, so that's legal and it's controlled. And I always thought what would happen to, with marijuana eventually, and maybe it will get there one day is it'll just be available at a at the same kind of place where you buy liquor and it'll be taxed yep that's and, what it'll be Disp- yeah. they'll call them dispensaries or marijuana places right. whatever they call and, them and be certified pure like like booze is with inspections and then what's interesting well, the, the medical marijuana locations already uh, one company uh, terrasana is is the company name they built a new location up in northern ohio that has a drive-thru already yeah, yeah. it's not open yet in regards to that drive-thru piece to it but at first they make that drive-thru for marijuana going we do it for alcohol right now. Yeah. I well, we know. It's so patently ironic when I was a drinker. No, I'm going to drive right through in my car. And, You're going to hand me what, something to drink. Cold. And we know it's something a game. cold to drink. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we know the medical thing's a game. I mean, yeah. see, that's the reason. For, for a lot of people, it is. For a lot of people, it isn't. But yes. I yeah. Mean, but yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I oh, don't yeah. mean for people with glaucoma or no, cancer. No, no, no. But for, for people that want to recreate. Right, they're, they're getting they, a license or the car. Yeah. yeah, it's not that well, hard. The process of getting that is very low. My daughter got one. It's exactly. ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's nothing. ten minutes. Nothing. So I yeah. went out uh, with a very close friend of the show for just just to check out the business aspect of marijuana in Oklahoma. This is in the midst of the shutdowns, and here here's what was interesting. Oklahoma had very very lax licensure laws on who could grow it and who could sell it. You had to be a resident, but once you had an established residency, anybody could just go spend their couple hundred bucks to get a license, and they're growing weed and selling it. You could you could put your own pharmacy there, your own dispensary, and, and do it. And here's what was interesting. The market was absolutely flooded. I went and spoke to a lawyer out there uh, who is a weed lawyer. Um, you know, he, he helped people with the regulatory side of it, helped people get licensing, helped people uh, do whatever, and he had his own little dispensary or whatever. While I was talking to him, somebody is somebody shows up, a grower shows up, and this grower was from California. And the, the, all the top growers from California were sort of running to Oklahoma because they could grow there. And uh, he, he showed up with a trunk full of his best stuff. And I mean by best stuff, like I, I don't know how to grow weed. I know nothing about it. But I, you know, listening or, or digging into it a little bit, you can't just you can't just go and do what you always do. You got to figure out the soil. You got to figure out the the stuff. You know, there's an art to it to some extent, or a science to it, maybe yeah. both. Yeah. And you know, it took him like a, a couple of crops to get to his best stuff, and he's got his best stuff. Couldn't get rid of it. He had driven all day long in Oklahoma to different uh, dispensaries, and he couldn't sell it. Wow. Because the market was so flooded. And on the way back from that trip, I looked over at my buddy. And I was like, you know what the problem is out here. Marijuana is just not addictive enough <laughs> because the people who want right. it can get as much as they want there. Yeah. And there's no, and not everybody wants it. Yeah. And it's a very small, like you wouldn't think that you would think, oh, it's an illegal drug. That thing will take off like wildfire. Uh-huh. It doesn't. And mm-hmm. it, it doesn't because, you know, you get to this spot. I've talked to a certified chemical dependency counselor here in Ohio, a friend of mine I work with professionally a lot, 
with clients. And he's like, yeah, you know, after a certain age, most men, and he was, he was talking men because we were talking about the habits of men and marijuana. He goes, you know, after their 20s, guys just quit using it. Yeah. And, mm. like, and, and it's not because they do it consciously. They just, like, whatever, they grow out of it. They don't care about it anymore. They don't use it anymore. And they find another way to get high. It just isn't. They, they drink or whatever. Yeah, they just, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. they just, you know, they, they just give it up. And yeah. it's not, uh-huh. uh, hmm. you know, so it's, it, it, it's not, I guess the point of all this is, is in Ohio, if you make it recreational, and this is to, to meet your point too, Norm, is that, all right, or both of you guys, like it's not that hard to get your medical card. Those people are just using it recreationally anyway. We know that. Making it recreational is not going to change the number of users no. in mm-hmm. any significant way. No, no, it's not. It won't. It won't. No, it really won't. Um, I think the same way with alcohol. Just because it's available doesn't mean we necessarily have more people drinking it. The yeah. difference with alcohol, though, it, oh, it is, is addictive. It though, is incredibly addicting. Right. Yes. That's true. That's pe- true. There are people, most of yeah, our population, point. most of the drinkers are addicted to alcohol on some level. They don't even know it. And the org- sure. and, and, and sure. the and oh. the you know physical destruction sure. of the body with alcohol is you know obviously heavily documented. What it does to the liver and. Well, alcohol is poisonous, so it's it's such a it's such an odd thing. I don't drink anymore, so those who know this, you know, now you, you know, those who didn't, now you know. I quit drinking about nine years ago. I just woke up one day and said, "Enough's enough." I had, I met, you know, I, I had a little uh, interaction with my God, and uh, that was it. I, I don't go to meetings. I don't do any of that. I just stopped drinking, and I educated myself on it. And it really is an amazing, eye-opening experience to stop and watch alcohol in our society, and here in Ohio, we'll say so. I've, I've concluded it's the only drug that if you don't take it, people give you grief for it. So if it's true, you yeah. don't take it. And, and, and not only that, they think that you have a disease if you don't take it. it. So people look at me now and they're like, oh, you don't drink. No. Are you an like alcoholic? I'm the guy at the bar drinking iced tea or a Coke with a lime in it. So yeah. it looks like a uh, Cuba Libre. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Or Long <laughs> Island or something. And yeah, for those who are contemplating quitting drinking, how are you going to answer those questions? Here's the answer. It's like I, I always say, I don't know, man. I don't know if I, I have know. this mystical alcoholism disease, but I do know this: you're drunk and I'm not. <laughs> well, the amount of I can drive home and not worry about being pulled right. over, and you can't. Yeah, the I'm amount right. of exactly. carnage that's happened on the on the it's roads, horrible. Horrible. the amount of domestic abuse, mm-hmm. you know, men beating up their wives or their girlfriends, the amount of shootings. The amount of hospitalizations of liver cirrhosis, I mean, on and on and on. The things, you know, the shortening. A dad who would have lived to be eighty years old and dies in his fifties because of liver disease. I mean, the the societal destruction from alcohol is off the hook. Well, even the economic destruction. And we tried the, banning the, the economic destruction. And we tried yeah, and right. we tried banning it. Right. Yeah. Damn. Right. No. You're never going to ban it. No. And, no. Well, we well we, we did ban it successfully. <laughs> we did. And, and, and <laughs> it's just going to create a black market. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And, and so, it did. And it did. And you know the rise right. of organized crime. But it's yeah. uh, it it's such a juxtaposition to say alcohol is lawful and marijuana is not. So right. and look, I could we could argue about the libertarian aspects of this and whether drugs or hard drugs should be illegal or not right. illegal. I've flipped right. on that over the years, um, one way or another. But it, it, the the hypocrisy of that, right? It, it just doesn't add up to me. And mm-hmm. and so when people get all outraged with the president of Mexico talking about fentanyl, and he's like, "Well, you know, you guys have a heavy demand. Like, you know, yeah. you're part of, you know, hey, America." You guys are part of, you know, like if you cleaned up your society a little bit, right, 
maybe not as many people would be dying of this shit that we're making down here, although he denies they're making it. Yeah, they I are mean, making it. You know, he's got a point, but only like he's got half, a point. Half it's a point. Half he's a got point. a half yeah. a point. But his the the half that he does make is a hundred percent true. There we have this demand of escapism in in our society, whether it's getting on the internet and playing these games or what is that virtual reality helmet people are wearing and and all of this shit that we do to get away from the real world, mm-hmm. including drugs and alcohol, but including also technology, AI. I mean, I don't know what we're going to all just like sit around at home and robots are going to go work at the factories and bring us our stuff and we're all just going to be on welfare. I oh. mean, you know, people seem to want to escape real life right now. And um, that might be. I've got a better solution. The biggest discussion we could it have. It is Ohio. And that means this weekend, turkey season comes in. So if you want to escape, <laughs> if you want to escape, go find the spring woods. Watch out for ticks because we were out. Mm-hmm. It was youth season last weekend. My son and I were out and he got a tick. And we were looking for mushrooms and my wife got a tick. So watch out for the ticks. But Wow. And I saw an article on Lyme disease. Is, Did is you find any morels? Uh, we found one or two, but uh, it was a little bit early. I think this weekend. I thought it was a little bit early for that, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's 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 on. Is but it where really I was, okay. yeah. you know, you, you got to have the right place at the right time yeah. in the right weather. So yeah. if it dries out, you need the right rain and then the sun yeah. to hit them, and then they pop. I'm no expert in morels, but, but I'll be trying again this weekend. But it's um, that's a great escape, and we don't do that anymore. People don't get out to the woods anymore. No. Just go walk around. I tell you no. what, you want to go, you want to figure stuff out. Go sit on your backside in the woods about four hours and just uh think right. and stare at what's going on around you for a while i agree and let your you know pray if that's what you do contemplate if that's what you do or right, right now it's um uh meteor season so oh really yeah oh yeah that big uh, system uh, happens the hmm. last two weeks of april so this is hot right now if we get now this weekend we're going to get rain but if if we get clear skies up to the end of april go outside and watch the fireworks show. Yeah. This mm. is this is prime viewing season late at night. Get away from light pollution areas. Go out into the sticks. Set out your chair at two in the morning, right? Yeah, that's hard for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and have I get a, up but, at four. And, ha- and have a couple of beers. Have some <laughs> alcohol. Have a couple belts of booze. I should follow up on a story that uh, we talked about last week, Brett. Um when Steve, uh, Steve probably has some things to say about this. In fact, uh, the Jalen Walker shooting case in Akron was resolved. Uh, a special state of Ohio grand jury brought in by Dave Yost uh, found uh, that the eight police who, who peppered this uh, young man who took a shot at the police and had a gun on the front seat when they finally stopped him, they, they put 46 holes in his body eight policemen basically if they if they were all i know they don't use revolvers anymore but basically if they had a six shooter and it's eight cops they basically emptied their guns into this guy and killed him uh jaylen walker i think he was the 20 something and um anyway they said it was justified and uh no indictment and um there were some uh, protests in akron some broken windows but basically I think the uh, the people there, and they're complaining about pepper spray from the police during the protest, but basically it seems like the population in Akron uh, did not commit serious violence in the wake of this uh, 
grand jury's decision, which is a relief to everybody in Akron, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. that's um, those are hard situations on everybody, you know. So the, I guess maybe the only comment I would have, because I don't know enough about the facts of the case to say whether I agree with that or don't agree with that. I would say this, though. I mean, maybe it's it's a worthy opportunity to sort of discuss what a grand jury is and what it isn't. Grand juries are, their, their sole job is to gather evidence and then uh, determine whether a crime was committed, whether there's probable cause for a crime. So a lot of times, you know, you would think they were designed to protect the accused um, from an unjust or corrupt, like justice of the peace, or, or like the, you can just envision Rooster Cogburn dragging in his... Uh, uh, his uh, his prisoners, you know, grand jury has to convene and decide whether they're going to charge that person. So, you know, what what prosecutors will do is they'll convene a grand jury, which is usually about 20, 30 people, 25 people from the community using voting rules, et cetera. And uh, the prosecutor will present evidence. The defense doesn't have a right to be there. So you don't have a right as a defendant to go testify. Sometimes you're invited to, and I always, I, I rarely have, if ever, have done that with a client. But uh, the prosecutor subpoenas witnesses to the grand jury. The grand jury does have subpoena power, and they present evidence. And sometimes, like here, a prosecutor will use a grand jury to, as a insulating body to protect them from the blowback of making a decision. So, well, the grand jury didn't indict, so we're for you know we've absolved ourselves of it. But don't lose sight of the fact that grand juries only respond to the evidence that's presented, and sometimes prosecutors can uh, sway a grand jury by how they present the evidence. So sometimes prosecutors uh, try to get a case no-billed, meaning a no-bill means there's no bill of indictment, meaning the grand jury declined to indict. And then the other side of it is they always say, you know, they, you can indict a ham sandwich or a hole in a wall if you want to. And that's true. So prosecutors have total control over it. Now, that, that said, I have had a couple cases here in Franklin County, one murder case that got indicted, and the prosecutor who presented it, she was uh, – She's like, Steve, I didn't expect them to actually indict this case. I thought they were going to no-bill it. I had to go try the case, and the man was acquitted of murder. But uh, it doesn't always work out. You know. So. Can I ask a question, Steve? So it, 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 I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this is a case, but I need you to um, tell me if this is correct. So it w- it's a little unusual. I, I think this was done in order to create credibility within the community that the process would be fair on its face, I hope it was fair, uh, that they brought in what they call, they use this phrase, special grand jury, and Dave Yost is involved. So it sounds to me, tell me if I'm wrong, sounds to me like rather than the local prosecutors having a local grand jury and being able to probably, you know, in if people were suspicious of the system, they may think, oh, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, whitewash this, and it's just gonna be, you know, Jalen will not get justice, you know, in front of a local grand jury. Sure. So, is that what happened here? You think a special grand jury, and somehow Yost was involved? I don't know what a special grand jury is, but I can guess. You know, so maybe a regular grand jury. A, a lot of bigger counties, Summit County. This is Akron, right? Summit, Summit County, County. Yes. Generally, probably has grand juries on tap almost all the time, and okay. Franklin County does too. Okay. Smaller counties don't. You have to actually convene one, and and they do it once a month or something, and present five or six cases and indict them. Okay. Um, but uh, Summit County probably has their normal grand jury that is uh, generated from voting rolls or however they get their jurors. Okay. Um, I don't. What I don't know is whether this special grand jury occurred somewhere else, whether it was a different set of a different pool of, of potential jurors they were grabbing. Yeah. But it is not uncommon for 
the attorney general, Dave Yost, to get involved and um, oh, it as isn't. a special prosecutor. So okay. typically speaking, cop cases almost always as a matter, it might even always as a matter of, of policy and practice are presented. So you, there's two ways cases don't get charged. One would be if a prosecutor just says, we're not going to charge it. You know, prosecutors have enormous discretion. Yeah. Uh, you, like this is a state level, but a United States attorney has incredible power to charge or not charge people. Yeah. And just by exercise of their own discretion. And that's okay. It's called prosecutorial discretion. Without it, the system wouldn't work down oh. at the at the, mm. at the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Um, because, look, we all commit crimes every day. We don't get prosecuted for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so you have Dave Yost come in as sort of a removed body. And I think you're right to sort of take the local county uh, even the appearance of local county bias out of it. So if they're, I don't know who these cops were, whether they were county cops or whether they were city, but city, they work hand in glove with prosecutors every day. So yeah. they're going to know the local prosecutors. And, and there's you, eight of them. Yeah. And you I don't, mean, you don't want the appearance that the prosecutors are shading it one way or another. Yeah. So some of that is probably to remove any argument that there's implicit bias there to uh, either indict or not indict. Um, but almost all cop cases like this are presented, you know. The, okay. The, you know, and, and it's not unusual for Dave Yost or or whoever the attorney general is to have a, a hand in this. That happens a lot. In fact, a murder okay. case I tried down in Hocking County recently was prosecuted by uh, the attorney general's office. Wow. Okay. And, and that happens down there, they said, because we don't have the resources in a small county to prosecute a murder case. We need state help. So the state or the U.S. attorney's office has this unit. Uh, this oh, major okay. crimes unit that'll go around and offer wow. assistance to the counties around the state to prosecute cases. I don't necessarily agree with it, um, but it's what happens. Yeah, because I get, I see what you're saying. So some counties would not have the expertise on staff. The prosecutor might be doing zoning cases and stuff like that, but has never done a murder case. Correct. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Now that, it's not that hard to find. Yeah. Competent prosecutor. Look, it's not. Yeah. I, I respect all you prosecutors, but you know you can you can recruit and train prosecutors to do the job. Okay. Mm, okay. Oh, that's really interesting. Well, a couple of quick hits, and and some of this is kind of national, but we've talked about these issues. I have a little paper here because he's got the paper chase over there. Well, mm-hmm. to, uh, Professor Kingsley, a former BlackRock, which you know you know I have a problem with BlackRock as an investment uh, company, but at any rate, this guy's former. Uh, so he's a portfolio manager and his analysts at a company called Finance Technologies just published a report on COVID-19 vaccine, what they call excess deaths. So what they're referring to with excess, these doctors that did this study said, if, if, nobody, t- if nobody took a vaccine, right, there's X number of people that would have died from COVID-19. What they're talking about are injuries and deaths that can be attributed to the vaccine itself. So they're saying, and this is hard for me to wrap my head around, and obviously this will be studied for the next 100 years, these statistics. But they are saying, this report, that 300,000 additional deaths happened in the United States in in the COVID period due to the effects of not COVID-19, but the vaccines, which is remarkable. So had we done nothing, X number of deaths, but we did vaccines. So now it's X number of deaths from COVID-19 plus 300,000 additional deaths 
due to the vaccines. So this is this is a yeah, remarkable thing. Report, like, and, and I don't even know that we'll ever have good numbers on this because because yeah. of the inherent, or not even inherent, because of the explicit or because of the corruption against it, or, or the the agenda not to report, document, or even uh, discuss vaccine related deaths or injuries, and you know things um, were getting reported as uh, as as not vaccine related that maybe were and vice versa. It's like or the it, compensation to hospitals if they market as COVID related. Yeah. I, I, again, you can't necessarily fault hospitals. They wanted to recoup. Everybody was in this situation. They needed yep. money, uh, but it tainted the results. The stats are screwed up. Forever. Right. And the VAERS reports here, I, I, I've, I've, I've gone down this rabbit hole with uh, in different at different times throughout the last couple of years, and it's really scary stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. really scary stuff, and yeah. it's, it's not going to be reported. You are going to be uh, slammed and ridiculed as a conspiracy theorist if you even begin to discuss it. But I'll tell you, if anybody who does, anybody who wants to get some info on this, go do some research on, There's, you know who knows this as well as anybody? The insurance actuaries. Mm-hmm. They have done studies on this. And if you look at the number of deaths, um, I think it's something like uh, 20 to uh, 45 years old or something like that. It's almost, there are enormous, there's an enormous number of non-COVID related deaths in that age group. And I'm not going to say it's because of the vaccines, but um, with, there's going to, like you said, Norm, there's going to be a lot better statistical analysis, but that happened in the last couple of years, like a huge, like a spike. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not, and I I guess for whatever reason, they know it's not COVID. So you would ask what, what killed him. And I, and I don't think it's fair to say only vaccines cause deaths or cause these problems. You know, there, like I always say, there's multiple, th- there's, there's probably multiple uh, factors that go into it. Like, you know, if you're sitting at home, what are you doing? You know, or if you're out, if you're, if you're drinking more, or if you're not going to the doctor because you're afraid of COVID, you might end up dying from a heart attack instead of not dying from a heart attack. You know, th- there's different things that can happen. I, you know, I wonder just guessing without any medical, uh, experience at all. Like if you're sitting around all day, instead of walking around, how many more people died of blood clots? You know, it's like, who knows? Yeah, right, you know? Right, and right. you could say these vaccines cause blood clots, or you could say that people are sitting around all day yeah. and therefore they're more likely to get blood clots. And then if they've got that, I've had this before in my calf where it felt like I pulled a calf muscle and it turns out there was a clot, but I went to the doctor. I'm not sure I would during COVID, yeah, <laughs> you know, so right. you're just going to yeah. let it heal. And then yeah. it gets into your lung and you die yeah. and you died of a pulmonary ambulance. And now they're going to say it's vaccine related. Well, maybe it was just because you didn't go get the, the blood thinner and, and solve the problem. So yeah. who knows? Who and knows? the problem is nobody studied this with any degree of specificity to ever answer this. At least that's what I'm afraid of. Well, in a, in a timeline, we haven't had enough time to do so. So let's say you take the 300,000, yeah. that number. Right. How many years does it take to really research 300,000 people? And then quite, how, a, quite a bit. I have right. detailed time. Even if you had good stats. If, if yeah. yeah. Even if you have, even so presuming good information. We can only hope over time we can look back and kind of maybe have a better picture, but it's going to take time. And I the mean, only we, thing I could look at is like, all right, what are the risks of getting the vaccine? What are the risks of dying of COVID? And you should, everybody should answer those questions for themselves. So right. we, you know, right. th- to put 300,000 deaths you know, if that is in fact true, if this mm-hmm. report was authored by Dr. Peter McCulloch, who's a, a practicing uh, cardiologist and epidemiologist in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, he's one of the guys that the 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 pro vaxxers. I mean, he was chastised. Yeah. Mm. So you know, this is this is a study, and it was financed by these ex BlackRock people, uh, Ed Dowd. A study just came out. At any rate. 
300,000 people, for, for somebody to shrug at that, we had 60, roughly, and a little under 60,000 soldiers die in Vietnam. Yep. This is five times that. Yeah. I mean, this that's a lot of people. Yeah, so, no, it's, oh, sure. it's scary stuff. Yeah. So yep. It's yep. scary stuff. Yep. Well, any other nuggets, Norm, before we wrap it up for this Just, week? Um, you know, we were talking about legislation in Ohio regarding, uh, medi- uh, you know, uh, recreational marijuana. Um, also, Ohio is considering a ban on TikTok, like other states have done. Mm-hmm. Um, nationally, I think this is, you know, I mean, this is just unbelievable. But it came out a couple days ago that the Biden administration is looking, well, is going, is intending to uh, issue regulations requiring people with good credit scores uh, when they get a Fannie Mae or a Fannie Mac uh, underwritten mortgage uh, or home equity loan, they're going to be paying on average $40 per month additional fees to underwrite people who don't qualify, people who have bad credit. Yeah. I so mean, they are. This is like we are on a dangerous path. This is a whole show because it's going to. That's piss a whole me off. show, yeah. whole show, dude. So, but you're right. That what's happened is there's they're cramming down government policy that you're going to pay forty bucks more a month for your mortgage in order to subsidize those who can't, who have bad credit and can't get uh, a mortgage on their own, and they're 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 trying to avoid the 2008 debacle. Uh, by laying it off, by making us pay for it in advance, which is uh, well, the incentive not is, us, but those who those with better credit to pay for the incentive to not get carried away on your credit card is to preserve your good credit rating, so right? You can buy a house or you know. so. This is kind of militating against good behavior. You're you're rewarding people with bad it will, credit. Right. It, this will this will impact my decision on how I buy my next house. It's crazy, and it may not be with credit now. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. It may not be. Yeah. Right. And you know what? So be it. I'm, that's just more dollars not in the economy, more dollars not in circulation, more dollars not getting reinvested. Yeah. Like the chilling effect of this is going to be impactful. And shame on the government for going down this path again. You're doing nobody any favors that has bad credit and can't afford a house by subsidizing it. Because guess what? They'll just buy that much more house and not be able to afford it. it right. It, you, They've you're, already demonstrated right. that they can't handle payments. Right. There's a reason. That, and, and look, I'm not saying anything bad about that, but if, look, I had bad credit at one point of, for a short period of my life following a nasty domestic relations issue. Well, sure. You know, when things got sort of screwy. And then you it worked. It wasn't even bad. You worked your ass off to clear it up. And I fixed it. Right. Yes, I got it right. all fixed. I challenged the bad, I challenged the things that weren't accurate. Yeah. I made sure all my payments right. were on time. Right. I went through and now right. it's like in the oh, close to 800 again. And, it, and people ask me how I did that because I pay my damn bills and I'm terrible at paying my bills, but I make sure I do. I figured it out over the years. I, I, I make sure I, I do it. And I, I, I part don't. Part of being an adult. Part of being an adult. Right. right. Bottom line. I'm sorry to bring up such an enormous thing, but it's so upside down. Right. It's 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 the reverse. Like like we're doing a lot of things in our society right now. Yep. It's topsy-turvy. It's the opposite. We're incentivizing bad behavior. Yeah. It's crazy. It's in and, and guess what's going to happen when you incentivize bad behavior? You get more of it. More bad behavior. Right. Yeah. Right. You're not going to fix it by fixing it. <laughs> right. 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 We're right. not going to fix it by fixing it. <laughs> no. All right. Well, with that, we're going to wrap up Common Sense Ohio here on 421, one day after 420. Now everybody knows what 420 means. Just like I learned, now you all learned something new here at Common Sense Ohio. I hope you learned more than that. Oh, wow, man. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Medical. Uh, All right. 
So uh, we are coming at you every week, and you can check us out at commonsenseohioshow.com. And you ask what we're doing. Well, we're coming at you right from the middle, at least until now.